0: Hey guys, welcome to Inside Anna's Mind podcast. I hope you're well. I'm doing really good. I normally record in the morning. It's normally my vibe, but currently it's nearly 6pm on a Sunday. So a bit more of a cozy vibe. I think it's raining outside. It's dark. It's kind of cute. And I basically put up a question box on my podcast Instagram the other day and I was like, okay, what do you need to be told or what do you want me to talk about? Um, Because I always have lots of things to talk about, but I think it's great when I hear like specific topics and I put together like a whole list and I've put it in groups and today I'm going to be talking about like study, work, achievements, you know not feeling guilty when you take breaks, everything along those lines which I think a lot of people do need to hear at the moment because you know we're going into that winter season and everything becomes a little bit busier in terms of work or studying, you're kind of out of the summer mode, can be quite hard, especially if you struggle with like winter blues or like around this season. And then also like a lot of my uni friends are really struggling at the moment. Like a lot of overwhelm, a lot of work. I also have experienced the last three weeks being like a lot busier because I was in Australia for five weeks, like month of October. And you know, it was very like traveling and then I've come back and it's very worky stuff. And you know, I've managed actually pretty well. So I think that does show like a bit of growth on my end. But also things have come up and i've already kind of like you know reflected on it and kind of worked on it and putting it into action and this potentially may be what you need to hear at the moment okay so starting strong the need to overachieve that was something that was put into the question box and you know i highly resonate with that like i it was something that definitely went on in my childhood you know just wanting to be the absolute best at things putting myself through a lot of stress to do it and already kind of reflecting on why, you know, where did it come from? I think that's always an interesting thing to kind of look into yourself and be like, okay, but where did this come from? Who are you trying to almost gain approval from? Who are you trying to impress with this need of overachieving? And going straight into my stuff, mine was probably from my dad. So my dad wasn't really present in my life. And at the age of like 10 years old, I started like seeing him properly again. And that was like once a year and what i noticed was that when i started seeing him again in the year like in the whole year i would try to achieve so many things so that when i did see him i could be like dad look at my my grades and look at um, these exams i did or look at this new gymnastics trick that i've been working on or look how strong i am or look i go on runs or like oh I've done this at school or I'm captain or whatever and because you know we didn't well we talked like in the year but I definitely remember just trying to be better and better and achieve things that you know not necessarily like personality wise but actually like achievement on a piece of paper or a a grade or um a skill or something like that and you know I think what's interesting is to say is that you can overcome this feeling of needing to achieve or overachieve and not be lazy afterwards and like I think I had this perception and I think other people had this perception too that like if they stop being so hard on themselves and if they stop needing to overachieve that and and so let's say they're struggling with this stuff, if they stop it, they're not gonna do as well and they're not gonna achieve as many things. When actually, when you do become kinder to yourself in that area and you actually go, you know what, I am actually enough right now, but I will continue to push myself in places. I think if anything, you're more successful. I genuinely believe that. And so that's coming from a girl who like, Used to have this big thing of needing to achieve and needing to achieve in an unhealthy way. Now I've still got so many work goals. I still have so many fitness goals, but they're coming from a place of like feeling good enough already, but I wanna see what I can do. So, really, the only difference, you know, if you're scared to kind of drop this way of life of, you know, overachieving in an unhealthy way, the only real difference is that you're not gonna be as stressed out in the process you're still going to push yourself to study. You're still gonna push yourself to get up early and do your things, but it would just come from a healthier place. And I think something that you need to know that like, this is your life and you don't need to impress people in order to feel good enough. And you will drive yourself crazy because you won't feel satisfied. You'll still keep getting the high grades or you'll still keep getting the sport achievements or whatever you've got going on. And it will come to a point where you're like, but why doesn't this feeling go away? And it will eat you up. And, you know, as I just said, you're scared that if you let go of this, you'll become lazy or a loser, but you won't. You will feel better and appreciating your success is the key. Letting yourself understand that you have done something great and that you're not straight away looking for the next thing, right? Like, you know, you can achieve something and be like, okay, what's next? But if you completely skip out on the part that you're proud of yourself, you're kind of missing out on the whole thing. (laughs) Like it is such an important part to be proud of yourself because it allows you to work towards more goals in a healthy way. And also remember like, imagine if your younger self, take your six year old self or your 10 year old self and they worked really, really hard for something right? Really hard for an, like, a, like a like a test or they were practicing a sport and they did a competition and imagine they won, right? They got a medal or they got the, the test result back they wanted and then imagine you going to them like just not saying well done, not saying I'm proud of you, turning a blind eye and then being like right next thing. That younger self would be so upset. They'd be like wait what? We're like You're not proud, you know what I mean? And I think that's why we like look for other people to say it because we're not giving it to ourselves, but it's one of the things I do now so regularly. Like when I do something successful in my career or even go on a run and I hit it really well, or I get a new PB, I let myself feel proud of myself and I really like congratulate myself. Like I don't throw a little party but in my head, I'm like, yeah, go on girl, because there is still that younger part of yourself that's there. You give them that, and then you're able to move on to the next thing and be like, cool, like, I was so proud of you. Like, let's try this now. Um, So that's kind of like one of my perceptions of it. I think also just having like, not like a blunt, it's, it's not a blunt thing to say, but like, if you look overall at your life whenever how old you are like when you're older and you look back and the only thing you did was like essentially overachieve and not feel proud of enough would you feel like great like realistically no you would be like oh i wish i like felt happier in points or i wish i was like less hard on myself or less stressed or you know I, I wish i could just be proud of myself and so i just kind of remind myself of that sometimes and be like is this actually the life you want do you know what i mean like just a little bit of a reality check um and i know it can be hard sometimes with like parents and stuff or coaches or whatever um but being your own support system being proud knowing that you've put in your best effort i think is a really important thing i want to talk about taking time off now because this was like a little learning curve for me this week but then also like the amount of people that kind of put in the question box like feeling guilty about taking time off or don't know what to do with themselves or don't even feel like they can take it. I think there's like two sides. I think there's the side of like feeling actively guilty when you have stopped. And then there's a side of not actually feeling like you can take time off because you are so busy. And I think previous versions of myself had the guilt, like the genuine active guilt when i stopped i was like oh my god i'm taking time away from what i want to do like this is gonna set me back and then you know re i've and i've definitely like been letting go of that and practicing letting go of that but recently it was actually just a case of like i don't actually feel guilty when i take time off like i think i need it but i have so many things i need to do I don't know where to fit it in. <laughs> so it's not even like I'm purposely trying to not let myself have any time off. It's like, I have X, Y, and Z that needs to be done before the end of the day or the end of the week. And I have this and I have this and I have this and everything's full. So like, I can't take the time off. And so I resonate on both paths I actually wanna read like sections of my journal cause I literally journaled about it yesterday um, because I have had such a busy week. like was getting up early even when I was like shattered, had to be doing things straight away, like just doing so many things here and there. And I kept telling myself, you know, even in the evenings it would literally just be like, right, have dinner and whatever and get ready for bed. And I was going to bed late still, but felt like I was always doing stuff. And I kept telling myself like, oh, I'll have the weekend off. I'll have the weekend off. Then comes to the weekend and I still had things that I needed to get done. And on Saturday, woke up early, uh, went to like this running, like, run club with my friends you know it is essentially time off but I'm still doing stuff and I was out in central and like busy doing things till like 3 p.m and I came back I knew my friend was gonna come around about 7 p.m and I was like okay so I'm gonna come back and I'm straight away gonna do my work and stuff and then I'll chill and I ended up sitting in my cold car for an hour and a half procrastinating partially dissociated scrolling on my phone like it was a proper doom scroll while feeling low while feeling like my inner child had completely taken over like sis was in a strop and I you know if people ever get in those places when you're in like a you you, you're so highly triggered that you can't even move like you're that kind of like dissociated out of things I was literally I was like that like even just like being able to put my phone down or open the car door was so hard or even just being able to move. Like I, I really get that. Um, and eventually after an hour and a half, I did get myself out of the car and I was just like, I think this was a big kind of growth moment of you have to provide yourself time to rest and recharge. And the fact that I've had such a busy week and I was, social all saturday morning and i hadn't had a moment to just sit down and i had kind of put this expectation on myself to come back and straight away do work i didn't even let myself have like two hours to just do nothing and completely rest and then maybe after i would have had chance but instead my body was so tired that it was like well i'm gonna scroll i'm not gonna move because you're not listening to me essentially and so when i came in i was like right park the work for a second because one you're so triggered you can't do shit right now otherwise if you keep telling yourself you got to do it you're going to procrastinate for the next two hours too and i ran myself a bath and straight away i felt so much better i told myself you could just sit on the sofa and do nothing and i did that and i made some dinner and stuff like that and i felt so much better and i was like right i will fit it in tomorrow like today and Part of my downtime after my bath is I wrote in my journal, and I want to share with you what's in my journal. So that was the context behind it. <laughs> I said I've realised that I need to pr- I've realised that I need to prioritise some more alone time slash rest time. As times get busier, it's really important, and it allows me to recharge. Yes, naturally, weekdays will have a lot in the day, but the evenings are a time to stop, sit down, and allow yourself to be tired. Then for the weekdays, it's important to prioritise rest even more in the days and the evenings. It doesn't mean you can't have fun plans, but you do need to have moments to completely switch off. Allowing yourself to appreciate the small moments allows you to appreciate the busier moments. If you're always busy, then you will start to feel overwhelmed and feel like you're being forced to do it. I tend to struggle on Fridays. I feel extra pressure to get everything done. I put more on my plate because I'm trying to get everything done before the weekend and I'm tired from the whole week. And then I was just trying to give myself some solutions to that. But yeah, I think, you know, going on from that, from what I said about in my journal, like, you have to understand that sometimes it's so important to be lazy. Like, and I do want to use that word. It's not the fact that it has a bad connotation over it, but like, when you are so busy, it is so essential to have moments in your week or day or whatever, that you are just, doing nothing and you know it was really nice so this morning it was sunday morning um, my friend slept over and we were like at night time we were like right we're gonna get up at like eight and we're gonna go to the gym then we're gonna go do our work and then we'll chill after bearing in mind what we just talked about that evening was realizing that neither of us was like giving like enough rest and i was telling her like yeah i just had a bath and i didn't tell myself to do work and she was like yeah that was great and then she was struggling with uni work and whatever. And then it was funny that we were both like right on sunday morning we're gonna get up and do this and do this and do this and we woke up my alarm went off and i was so exhausted i like snoozed it quite a few times went downstairs my friend was still asleep and i was like right and then i felt in myself i was really tired but you know when like you're with someone and you want to do what they want to do too and i was like oh well Maisie really said that she wanted to get up and do stuff and then as I was making like some breakfast for myself, I was just like, I really want to sit down and watch a film right now. Like, because in my weekend, I think, not my weekend, but like, if I woke up this morning on a Sunday and I felt really tired, I think I would have just done what I did this morning anyways. Um, but I just, I went on, and I was like, I'm just gonna watch a film for a bit. Like, let me know when you wanna leave and I will get up and be with you. But I just wanna sit down and eat my breakfast and watch, like, watch a bit of TV. And we did it and we ended up watching the whole film we watched the holiday christmas classic and i kid you not it was so nice to just be in your pjs you've rolled out of bed you've gone in onto the sofa like i never do this on a sunday morning to watch a christmas film and just like we didn't i, I don't i think we got up and moving at like the the movie finished at like eleven thirty a.m it was so so nice and so needed and i'm definitely gonna do it more often in a way of like part of my weekend to just have like a full on sleep in, slow moving morning, don't need to be anywhere, come watch a film, I don't care if I'm tired, like I was so tired. And then, you know, when the movie finished, we were like, right, kind of want to do something now instead of not allowing yourself to have those lazier times and just forcing yourself to like get up all the time and telling yourself that you'll rest afterwards, which I think is something that we have to kind of do in weekdays sometimes, like we do just have to get on with work and rest in the evening but I think weekends like potentially have more like flexibility and stuff. And then after we went to the gym, we sat at a coffee shop for like two hours. Like we did our work, she had uni work. I was like planning a podcast, like planning this podcast and doing some admin. And it was just really nice. And I feel very happy about that. And it's something that I'm gonna like take on. And I think the reason why it's so important is because when you have the lazier moments, they provide a change up if you're a really busy, busy girl, overachiever, not even overachiever, like just have lots of stuff to get done and want to do well. To allow yourself to have those lazier moments are really, really crucial. They are because they make you appreciate when you come back on. And like, already I can really identify this weekend as a slower weekend, or at least this like Sunday or Saturday evening. And so Monday actually brings more excitement and I know some people get like the Sunday scaries. I think I get that when I haven't rested enough in my weekend. So like, otherwise I'm pretty excited, but that could also, people could get Sunday scaries cause maybe they don't like their job. But in my case, I really, really love it. But I start to not like it when I don't give myself breaks. Cause then I'm like, oh, I'm always busy. I'm always busy. And yeah, so that was a nice little realization this weekend. And I know I've talked about it on this podcast before but I think sometimes we forget our realizations and we follow it by an extent, but then we slightly forget and then it comes back to us. And I think that's what happened. So that's my kind of, you know how I said there was like two ways of like taking time off, feeling guilty or feeling like you don't have enough time. That was kind of my perception of, you know, if you don't have enough time, that it is actually important to provide, to slot in time where you're doing nothing. And then I think if you're feeling guilty, you gotta think how can you realistically, like realistically expect yourself to be on the go all the time? Like if you struggle taking any time off, how do you expect yourself to be on the go all the time? And that's not what life's about. And I know you know that. And I know that you'd look back one day and be like, well, of course that's not what life's about. And you think you're gonna do it in the future or like you think oh but when i reach this or whatever but please please don't feel guilty taking time off remember that it recharges you so that you can come back stronger literally stronger and i think if you are in that place of struggling to take time off you do need to set boundaries for yourself and like literally slot like if you're a schedule person like slot in time to be quiet and alone and follow through with them just the way that you'd have discipline of going to the gym or getting shit done follow through with when you tell yourself you're going to have rest otherwise you're not going to trust yourself that if you have a busy day you're actually going to rest or if you have a busy week you're actually going to rest the weekend so when you've planned it in do follow through and understand that they are part of the success plan i think this year i've added in way more rest than i have in any other years i think i really struggled with guilt last year in london Whereas this year, I haven't really struggled with guilt. It's just not recognizing and forgetting that I need the time when I'm really busy. And I've been like way more successful since having more time off. Not an extreme amount, but just regular and listening to my body when I need it. And knowing that it literally recharges you to work harder. And some people ask for tips on effective downtime. And... You know, I'll just share kind of what I was thinking, but firstly, limit phone time, like at least get off socials. I personally have two phones, but that is because one is my work one and on my personal one, I don't have any socials. Um, I know back in the day when I just had one phone, I would just fully switch off my phone, but I can understand that. Obviously, there's like sometimes you want to message people or you want to have your alarm on or you want to have music. So I do completely get that. But yeah limiting your social media time in your evenings are really well even just downtime because i don't think you're fully resting especially if you're busy with your mind a lot in the day i know that sometimes you just kind of want to carry on that stimulation and be distracted by like tiktok or something or instagram reels i don't know but actually just coming away from that will really allow your brain to kind of settle down and recharge but as i was saying what i was saying with my two phones is that i do you know sometimes my downtime is like calling someone or texting someone a little bit. But again, doesn't include socials because that that really does affect my evenings. Another way to have effective downtime is, I've already said it, block it in and respect yourself and do it. Like when I've been working all day and I recognize that it's like 7 p.m. and I have posted everything, but I'm like, or I have done all my admin or, or whatever, And then my brain's like, oh, but you could just do a little more. I'm literally like, I respect myself now. And I'm like, no, I switch my work phone off. I put it away. And that is how I have way more effective downtime. Like I listen to myself when I say like, right, you're gonna stop work at this time. So that really helps. And I think one thing to know is that having effective downtime will put you in a better mindset. So if you're worried that, no, I don't have time for this, but you're stressed out, do you really think you're gonna work effectively the next day? if you don't put yourself in a better mindset before that. So if you do still struggle to take time off, know that by taking yourself away, will you come back stronger? Which I've repeated so many times already in this episode. So I'm hoping it's going through, I was about to say your little brain, but I think you all have quite big brains. So I hope it goes in there. And I think this is an interesting one, right? When your energy levels get low, we are more prone to get emotionally low, okay? so letting yourself properly will allow you to come back with energy and feel motivated i've had way too many times where physically my body whether that's because i've done a hard workout and i've been active all, like i've been go 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 all day including a five hour sit down at a coffee shop like i'm not just talking like physical exercise i'm just talking about you know life admin driving places doing a grocery shop coming back washing your hair doing this doing this doing this you bring your energy levels too low down for too long. Emotionally, you will be like more affected by things, right? And so think about it. Like in my evenings, I wanna be lazy. I wanna sit on my sofa, do nothing, charge myself back up, get a really good night's sleep. And I wake up and I feel so much better, right? So I don't really expect myself to do too much in the evenings. Cause I'm like, I'm tired and I wanna get myself back up. And I also notice that like after if I have like busy few days doing like events and shoots and whatever i also don't believe my brain like after let's say two three days of doing that type of stuff i don't believe everything my brain tells me that evening i'm like i actually don't want to go into anything right now i don't want to believe any negative thoughts i've got right now because i'm just exhausted my body is tired so i'm just gonna put a film on and go to bed and that's generally how i deal with things sometimes because i'm just like this isn't true you're just so tired now some ideas, what I like to do, my effective downtime. I've really got back into my baths. I've had two this week after not having one for eight months. You know, showers can be a great way to like regulate yourself. And I think self care, whether that's washing your hair, doing a little skincare routine or a face mask. Um, putting candles on, I think really set the mood for some downtime, especially when you're in the winter in the evenings, I'm so gonna buy myself some more candles. I nearly ran out, like they're they're running low. Um, but it really just sets the mood, makes it calming. You know, if you want to watch a movie, two sides to that, be aware, just noticing. Uh, just notice if movies are always your thing in terms of you don't mix in any other activities like a bath or a journal session or, or just doing nothing. Like I definitely found at one point, which to be fair, I'm also not blaming you because it just depends on where you're at when I was highly anxious for six months of this year or maybe no I say the first three months were like critically like anxious like it was awful and I remember just like movies were like or like Disney was the only thing that could like calm me down and so on one part of it I'm not saying it's wrong I'm just saying it could be a good indicator of something you know um and so even nowadays like when I'm like trying to have alone time i'm like okay great but could you journal for like 15 minutes before you watch a movie or you know can you cook your dinner with music and then watch a movie or like youtube i don't know so just having like little pockets of alone time too with like nothing actually stimulating you in that way next one is obviously journaling which i just mentioned it was funny because a friend that i was talking to earlier in the week they said they were struggling and i was like i was in a really good place so i was like okay that's fine like why don't you get pen and paper, write down everything that's stressing you out. And as you're writing, you'll probably create some solutions for yourself. And then yesterday, yeah, was it yesterday? Yeah. I told them that I was struggling and they were in a better place. And they were like, they just gave it right back to me. And it was so funny because you're like, you forget that sometimes you're helpful for other people, but that same advice is helpful for you. And they were like, write it down, Anna, like get everything out of your head and whatever. And I listened to it. And I did it and I genuinely switched up my mood so much. I was writing all my stuff down that I had in my head. I was creating solutions for myself. I was calming myself down. The part that actually helped the most was when I thought about my 30 year old self, I tried to like embody her. And I almost wrote a letter to my present self. And you know, the vibe of it was just kind of like, almost just being proud of myself and recognizing that your hard work hasn't gone unseen. What you are doing now is what has allowed all the opportunities that are gonna come to you. And it just kind of, I don't know, sometimes when we're triggered or we've got stuff going on in our present life, we don't really have a clear head. But if we think of our mature older self, they would write something that is just a lot more helpful. I don't know how to explain it. It was just, it was really good to kind of like, you know, it's almost like embodying your higher self what would they say and they just have that advice so like if you had a boy problem you could write it down and then be like okay but what would my older married self say she would be like respect like hold your boundaries like tell them what you need be clear walk away if you need to do you know what i mean it's almost like what would your mom tell you but it's not your mom it's you in an older body other things that i think is helpful is having calming music whether you pop it on your TV or your laptop or your phone, cooking yourself a meal can be quite nice and going into it in the right energy instead of, oh, I have to cook myself a meal. Like, trust me, I get the vibe. But sometimes when I'm actually just trying to be in like a calm zone and give myself space to actually cook a meal, cutting vegetables is quite fun. It is. Um, But anything really that just slows things down, slows things down, Um, even reading a book. I haven't done that in a while, but. I want to get back into my reading next thing i want to talk about is imposter syndrome and i think like it is thrown about a little bit but also like i'm not against that like i think it's just like we're going to talk of it talk about it as like a general kind of thing and it's almost like feeling like a fraud feeling like you don't deserve the success you're having or that you think it's luck or you don't feel like you should be where you're at or whatever and I genuinely used to get this. I think my socials blew up really quickly that I was like, wait, why do I have this? Like, What's going on or whatever? And it does come from a part of you that doesn't understand your worth, that you can't recognize why you've got it. And even just a simple exercise, like going in your journal and just letting yourself hype yourself up why you're in that position, what are your good traits, knowing that it isn't luck, even if something is, even let's say you're gifted in a certain area that's still so individual to you and just because something came a little bit easier doesn't mean that you don't deserve whatever's come into your life and really the quicker you understand how amazing you are and letting yourself feel that the more it does go because i don't feel it anymore but i know that i used to feel it And so I was trying to understand why and really I've just become more confident in myself that what I'm doing is great and that I'm putting in hard work and that I deserve it and everything like that. And it can be uncomfortable to allow yourself to feel like you're good enough, but doesn't mean it's the wrong thing to do. Doesn't mean that you're egotistical or whatever that phrase is or doesn't mean that you're stuck up knowing your worth doesn't make you stuck up it makes you confident it makes you empowered it makes you make right decisions and and everything like that and this year has definitely been a year for me that i've grown confidence in relationships the way that i talk about myself the way that i hold myself online or view myself online and it's not a bad thing i think some people have like negative views on it and that it will make you a worse person but it doesn't it actually brings you more ease i think also the whole thing on like imposter syndrome i think they can come from lots of different things one of them is like trying to be that perfectionist but yeah just like feeling like you have to be perfect at everything in order to deserve what's happened around you and i just want to tell you you trying your hardest is enough if you are putting in your max effort including taking rest, not saying max effort in terms of working every single day of your life, every moment, every second. I'm talking about being efficient with it, turning up when you said you were gonna turn up to the library, turning up to work, turning up to the coffee shop, turning up to the gym, whatever you wanna do, right? You turned up and did what you were supposed to do and then you come back and you allow yourself to rest and you come back the next day and you are, you are genuinely putting in your hardest, right? And you will know that too if you're driving yourself crazy because you're tired all the time and you genuinely are doing things, but you're still not feeling good enough, right? If you're putting in your hardest, that is enough. You genuinely cannot expect anything else from yourself, right? You have to be proud of it. To take it into like gym context, when I, you know, go to do a PR or something, or let's say I'm working on my pull-ups, if I know I put my max effort and I pulled up everything I could I can only be proud of myself. And that is a rule that I have with myself. If I've put in the effort, whatever the outcome is, I'm proud of myself. I think the other side of it too is sometimes people think that your success is luck or you think that of yourself, sorry. And I just want you to know that there is a part of you that attracted this into your life, okay? So instead of thinking it's luck and that you don't deserve it and whatever, this life was meant for you this was supposed to happen and you attracted it as an individual your individual qualities your strengths everything attracted this and if you don't let yourself believe that it will start to play out in your life you will be picking up evidence and almost manifesting it and you you'll focus on the moments and if you don't let yourself believe that whatever successful thing happened to you wasn't luck and that you don't necessarily deserve it, you are going to start almost seeking evidence to support that and then you're going to continue to build this story. For example, you may have got a new job, it was really really high up and you go into it like I don't deserve this, I shouldn't be here. When your boss says one comment about a bad thing you're going to be like that's why. When your peers or colleagues say something that you know, one little comment, you're going to add that to your list of that's why. Whereas if you actually opened up your eyes and went in there confident, you're going to see all the reasons why you are there. And yes, it's little growth moments when they tell you something on a on a version of like, oh, you know, we need this to happen or whatever. But it doesn't define you. It doesn't mean that you weren't supposed to be there. There's always going to be critiques in the world. But if you focus on that image that you're not supposed to be somewhere or achieve something, you will genuinely look for evidence to support that. And yeah, so if you let yourself focus on the reasons why you are there and that you are amazing, that you deserve it, you're gonna pick up evidence to support that. And you know, this is part of everyone's life, even say my social media career. If I focused on every single negative thing that came my way, whether it was an opportunity that was missed or a brand thing that didn't go certain way or the year where I decreased in followers. Do you know what I mean? Like that was last year and since then, like everything's been going on, which is crazy. But if I had focused really heavily on all those things, I would essentially fail even more. Whereas I focus on my successes, but I don't ignore the fails. I just learn from them real quick kind of thing. So it's like drop them quickly, fail quickly, find out, call, let them go. If you store onto your fails and you count them up on your piece of paper of how many things you haven't done good, you're just gonna continue to attract that viable situations. And that kind of goes on to my next point of learning to not be afraid of mistakes. And one way that I like to put it is would you rather have a life where everything is going to be in control everything's going to be perfect but you stay as you are as a human or would you like to try new things potentially fail but then also potentially succeed and change your life and that is my view on things to not be so afraid if something's going to go wrong and then do and because of that don't try ever but actually to understand that you are gonna be there for yourself if things don't work out. If you fail, you're gonna tell yourself, it's okay, we're gonna get back up. Realistically, nothing actually bad to you as a human will happen if you don't get the job you applied for or the opportunity, or you tried a new product or brand or business and it didn't work out. Potentially other people's opinions, but that's essentially only your own opinions. Do you know what I mean? You're actually trying to jump into other people's heads. But realistically, nothing actually bad will happen. You are safe as a human. You are generally safe. You're still you, you're still gonna be living your life. You know, especially, you know, when we've got a support circle around us, and we've got a few friends we can contact, a few family members or vice versa or whatever, they're still gonna love you. They're not gonna be like, oh, you failed at this and whatever. And so to understand that it is safe enough for you to take risks. It is safe enough to try new things. And at the end of the day, you've got to be the one that tells yourself it's okay, because not everyone will. And that's why you'll hear like parents or friends sometimes be a bit too cautious. Oh, but what if this happens? Or what if that doesn't work out? That is quite literally their own beliefs. Okay. And if you're going to let everyone else beliefs come in, you're just going to not go anywhere. And I've had to do it so many times where like, You know friends or family would just say a few things like are you sure you want to do that and i'll stop believing it but as soon as i let go of it and understand that that is their own beliefs maybe they had an upbringing that they would believe that you know if they pushed for more money or if they tried to build a better career or if they tried to do a certain thing that something bad would happen but i want to let go of that and i want to try this and at the end of the day i'm okay with failing and i think what happens is is people project onto us because they're so not okay if it doesn't work out and so they're telling us like oh god be careful if that doesn't work out and if people do say that what i do now is i go but i'm okay if it doesn't work out and it like they're like what like i know my mom listens to my podcast hey mom and i knew there were a few times where she was like oh are you sure like you want to do that and i just had to explain to her yes because it's okay if it doesn't work out and i've had it with friends Let's say I'm trying um, trying it out with a new person, or I'm doing something in my career or my personal life, and they're like, "Oh, but but what if?" And I'm like, "But what if? Like, but what if it goes the other way?" And I'm okay if it doesn't. Um, and yeah, so it kind of, you know, we think we have to change the perception of other people's first, but really, it's the other way around. Change your own perception of making mistakes. And yes, people will continue to come into your life and say what they feel about it. One, you can start asking them less about it. That's what I've done. But two, you could actually teach them something and they might not be ready to hear it. So don't make it your life's mission for them to understand things, but at least you'll be able to have your own back when you're in a conversation, you'd be like, no, but it's okay if I don't or whatever. So yeah, if you decide that you aren't afraid to make mistakes, doesn't really matter what other people think. And it is hard, but it is so worth it. That is my perception on making mistakes. Creativity came up in the question box, which I thought was like a little bit different, a little bit exciting. Um, I don't have loads to say on it, but I will say what I know I've got to say. (laughs) I think, and this is from me, is, and I'm gonna talk about it in terms of my career and you know, a big part of my job is like video editing. Um, Whether that's reels or creating videos, there's creativity within it. And um, one of the things that helped me the most was stop looking at others around me. Because when I had periods of trying to look at other people's content to be inspired, to know what did well on their account and potentially make a mashup or something, that is when I lost my creativity and that is when my videos didn't do as well. And just by consuming too much content of other people's, whether or not I was trying to look of what was doing well, but if I just naturally watch a lot of content, fitness content, I will make a mashup naturally in my work because that's what's in my brain. Whereas now kind of, it's not even a rule anymore because I've just realized the bright side of it. So it's actually just like a natural thing that happens is I don't watch other people's stuff and I don't want to view even people that I'm following, like I don't actually wanna view too much because I want empty space inside of my brain so that light bulbs can come up of original thoughts and come up. Now don't get me wrong, I'm gonna use a trending sound here and there, but I'm not watching, when I'm using sounds and stuff like that, I'm not really watching of how the creator created something to it. I'm just taking the sound, do you know what I mean? And I feel like we have our own ways of creating stuff to things so it doesn't mean that you can't take snippets of inspiration from other people but the actual work itself the editing process myself is not copying others i think to know that the creativity is within you but sometimes we don't give it time to come out and boredom is something that is so boredom or just slowing down or having no stimulation is when those creative thoughts are going to come in how can you expect yourself to have creative thoughts if you're going to watch movies or watch youtube or um taken scrolling all the time or whatever your other thing is if that's all the time right and then you're and then and then you're doing work all the other time and then you're busy socializing all the other time where is the gaps for a thought to come in and that's even things like when i'm on runs i don't listen to music anymore because i actually quite enjoy the thoughts of my brain and just let them like run through i get a lot of creative thoughts then I get creative thoughts in my shower just when i'm actually mooching around tidying but in those kind of like spare moments so yeah providing time is really important and i think to know that creativity comes in many different ways you know art editing building designing it, it i think sometimes i used to think oh i'm not creative because i don't do art when real when really it comes in so many different ways and it's a really healthy thing to be doing i think creativity really like it fuels me it genuinely does so finding something where you're allowing that part of yourself to come out and even like creative with movement whether or you're making your own dances up or doing some cool poses and you're thinking about what you can do with your body or you know designing your room you know um getting like pinterest together and like i don't know there's just like so many different ways to allow yourself to think what do you want to create being hard on yourself is the next thing I'm going to talk about. I kind of already mentioned things in this episode about it. But one thing, I'm just going to be so straight with this. Kindness to yourself will take you further than being mean to yourself. And I know that is so hard to like understand depending where you're at in your journey. Because potentially you were brought up with a childhood that, you know, maybe stricter parents or negative criticism. And so you have learned that that is how you do well. And that you won't do well and you won't ha- work hard if you're strict on yourself. And you see a lot of the gym bro stuff these days, like work harder, do this, you know, don't don't be kind to yourself, like whatever, like be mean, or I don't know, that was a really bad um, impression. But I definitely used to have that perception. And it was until this year that I realized being kind to yourself, letting yourself feel confident, letting yourself be proud, just talking nicely to yourself will take you so much further because you're gonna have less meltdowns within yourself. You're gonna have less depressive episodes, all of that jazz. And I think, you know, kind of what I said about earlier about talking to your younger self, be aware that when you say mean things to yourself, you are talking to your younger self. And it's become such a natural thing for me, but it's so crazy that, I was talking about to my friend Dan the other day, so many times where I'm in social situations and so many comments will slip from other people about themselves. Like, oh, I hate the way I look in that video. Oh, my arms, oh, I look disgusting. Or, oh, like like mean things about their career or anything, whether it's their looks, whether it's whatever. And I'm just like, Bro, like, that is so mean to say to yourself. Like, so mean. And 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 I am that person that when someone says something like that in a conversation, I'll be like, no, you look gorgeous. Like, don't say about that about yourself. And I think it's so important because, you, like, some people don't realize how hard, them, like, hard they are on themselves. And you do realize you are talking directly to your younger self. If you say out loud to a friend, oh my God, I look so fucking ugly in that photo Imagine your six-year-old self and what you just said to them. It's horrible. Like, really, really, guys, please be kinder to yourselves and it does, even if you don't believe it to start with, just the action of not saying it out loud makes so much of a difference. Don't get me wrong, sometimes friends will take pictures of me and I literally look at it and I'm like, Lord, like, don't really want that going anywhere. But I will not say anything. God forbid will I say anything. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, no, don't need to say anything out loud. Procrastination, next topic. I think it happens when you're tired, distracted or dysregulated, right? So if we're gonna take distracted, you know, you were feeling good, but you've got something hard to do. And so you're slightly distracting yourself. You slightly don't know how to do the essay. So you're just having a little TikTok scroll first, but it's the morning, you're supposed to be productive. Like This is your time to be productive, right? This is your time to respect your boundaries and work hard but you're procrastinating. It is that element of just eating the frog and understanding that getting the hardest thing done. And and I'm not saying you have to get the hardest thing done, but knowing that once you get it done, it will relieve so much stress. I did that the other day. I sat down at the coffee shop and I was so tempted to just do like the easier part of my work, which is editing and not do my admin. And then I looked at myself and I was like, you have a list of 20 things to do on your admin list. Do you really just want to like feel stressed for the rest of the week or do you want to just get it done, get it out the way Um, and just giving yourself that hype up that you can do it and I did it but in terms of procrastination, it is something that you will build understanding that right you can procrastinate for the next 20 minutes, or we can just start, sometimes it's better to start with easier things. So if I'm procrastinating on tidying my house, I'm like, okay, put the shoes away okay empty the dishwasher and i'll write like a like a 20 page list of how to tidy up my house instead of just saying tidy up my house and it would be like empty dishwasher fill dishwasher put shoes away empty laundry basket fill up laundry basket and so i just tick them off so that really helps me like when i've kind of got those harder things to do in terms of if you're procrastinating and you're tired it's a very like let's say you have worked all morning studying or your work and you've done three hours straight and then you found yourself kind of procrastinating, you're kind of going on your phone a bit more and you're like, no, but I need to get this next thing done. Like I need to get this next essay done, but right now I don't quite feel like it. So I'm gonna procrastinate. If you can catch yourself early on and be like, okay, I'm gonna stop completely. I'm gonna give myself a rest, an actual rest rather than procrastinating. I'm just gonna allow myself to be tired and recharge rather than not allow myself to be tired and just procrastinate instead, because that's really not going to kind of like fuel you up. If anything, you're just going to get even worse and feel even like you've just wasted time and stuff. And then the other one is dysregulated. So if you're really triggered, you're probably going to procrastinate, you're probably going to scroll, you're probably going to be doing things that you're not supposed to be doing. Um, And the way that you're going to get out of that is by forcing yourself to do regulating activities, like having a bath, having a shower, listening to music, brushing your teeth, lying down, taking a nap, having a sleep, that kind of stuff. So if you're really, really triggered, stop trying to get yourself to do the thing you've been meaning to do and actually just regulate yourself first and you're going to feel way better. And I've done that so many times, even when I told you about yesterday, when I was sat in my car car for an hour and a half procrastinating, when really all my body needed was like a bath and a journal. So yeah. Yeah. And I'm going quite quickly through the next topics just because I want to give a little insight to everything. Setbacks. I want to let you know that this is part of the journey and they are there to learn and grow from. Okay? I will tell you now, I want to scream down this mic. (laughs) Your life will never be linear. No matter how much you grow, you will still have setbacks. You will still have moments where you feel low. But one thing to understand is you will never be back at the starting line. You will have all the tools that you have built up. But what you are currently going through, you don't have tools for. And that is why you are going through it so that you can go to the shops and buy a new toolbox, right? You're trying to, right, something's going on. Something set me back. What is there? Like, what, are, what is why is it here? What can I learn from this? How can I grow from it? And then, you know, when you recover from a setback, and you do better it's because you have those tools now and then you're going to be even stronger and then it might go on for a week or a month or six months with not as many big setbacks and then you'll have another setback but it's going to make you learn and each one is slightly less difficult because you have more confidence in yourself that you're going to get through it whereas when I was 18 I really struggled with depression and so when setbacks were piling up I had no self-confidence that I was gonna get through it. So when something hard happened or when it didn't even, it came to a place where nothing bad actually had to happen. It was just my perception of life. I didn't wanna be here anymore because I didn't know how I was gonna get through it. Fast forward what four years, I am now in a position that if something bad comes in or something hard comes into my life, I'm not gonna get back that low Because I have an awareness that every single time I can get through it. So that, you know, that was going a bit deeper. But if you are in that position, you can, you just don't have the confidence yet. But by getting through it, you're going to slowly, you're going to keep building up the confidence that you can get through it. This was something that I wrote in my journal. Hard times never last because we learn. And with that, we grow. And with that, we evolve. And those things that we previously found hard no longer trouble us. Then of course, new things arise and the cycle continues. But the best part is that every time we are a better person and know how to cope with it. So that was kind of like a wrap up of what I was saying, but it really is the truth. Because if I go back to myself three years ago when I really struggled with the Neaton Disorder, at the time, that was the hardest thing in my life. That consumed me. And now it doesn't trouble me at all, right? And so we do grow we do evolve and those things that we used to find hard, we won't find hard again, but that gives us the perception and the understanding that when a new thing comes in that is hard, we go, ah, it's just like one of those things that we've been through before. We're gonna learn from this, we're gonna move on. I had an interesting question come up and it's two sides. One of them was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, which I think is an understandable thing. Even my friend, opened up to me yesterday she said she really struggled with that but the part that was interesting the question was I don't know how to answer when people ask me that and I think just to kind of touch on the subject we don't need to know what we are doing with our lives and I think it is more exciting not knowing what we're always going to be doing because if you did get a printed out paper of everything you achieved every year of your life and exactly what you were going to do I think that would kind of ruin it. Like, I don't wanna know everything. I wanna have a vision, but I don't wanna know everything. And I think it's important to not compare yourself to where other people are at in their journeys or at your age, because everyone has gone through different lives and we're all gonna experience things at different times. And you will get yourself down if you're like, oh, but my friend at this age did this, or my friend at this age is getting married or whatever. We are all in our own journeys of life. And so your aim is to enjoy it and to find things that you enjoy. And you know, your 20s are like a dressing room. Try on as many things, try working with people, try working for yourself, try traveling new places, try different languages, try just everything. See what you like, see what you don't. Um, but what I wanna say in terms of when other people, like let's say your auntie's like, so what are you doing or whatever? And we are coming up to the holidays so you're potentially gonna have more questions like that I think being confident in yourself that you don't know is not a bad thing and like imagine if you would go you know what I'm not actually sure and I'm kind of figuring that out but I'm just I'm doing one step at a time at the moment I think that would be so refreshing because maybe in their lives they still don't know what they want to do or they struggled with that when they were younger. And maybe they feel like they never did the stuff that they wanted to do or whatever. So then maybe they're kind of like asking you in that way, or they could just generally be asking you because they're interested and they love you. And you going, yeah, you know what? I don't know yet. Kind of figuring out what I like. It's kind of exciting. I'm gonna see where this takes me. You know, I've got a few backup options, but otherwise, you know, I'm gonna be trying some out some new things. I think that's kind of refreshing. And you know, when you say that stuff, you've got to be consciously aware that they may not like that or maybe they they may put on their little projections of themselves and say things oh but you should really know what you're doing at this age or something like you then have to have this kind of like golden bubble around you and be like okay I don't want your negativity but that's what I would personally say lord knows if that's the right thing to do um but yeah the last thing that I want to end this episode on which I've actually really enjoyed doing and I really want to know if this has helped um I know I've kind of like put everything into a topic so we're able to kind of go into like everything of the same vibe, studying, work, life stuff. So let me know on my podcast Instagram if you have enjoyed this episode because I love hearing your feedback. You don't understand how much it helps. You know, I am just a little girl on her podcast sofa with a mic and sometimes you don't know what helps people. And so whenever I hear like specific things that have helped, it does build up my confidence that I am, you know, helping someone out or something like that. But the last thing I wanna talk about is, you know, stop comparing yourself to others. And I've already touched on this. We are individuals, right? And we're so unique and we're like placed on this earth to be different, different hair, different skin color, different eyes, different personality traits, different goals, different aspirations, different families, different friends, different social situations, everything. And I think when we try to be a, like fit in a mold, is when it could be hard because of course we're going to compare because we're all trying to be the same thing whereas if your goal is to be so uniquely you you can't really go wrong with it if you think about it because you're in your own journey and yeah like i think also so let's say take me if i compared myself to every other creator my age my gender whatever and i looked at it in a bad way i could really get myself in a bad place and the simple act of not comparing myself have saved me so much because I'm just not getting myself in a bad place, which means I'm gonna do better in life. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like unnecessary anxiety, unnecessary stress, which again, it doesn't come easy. So I can't just tell you off that of being unnecessary or having unnecessary thoughts. But like proactively trying to stop comparing yourself will help you so much, like you will be more successful. But I think another thing is being proud of where you're at and appreciating where they're at too. It's when we try to ignore the fact that we're proud of them or can aspire to like do that. Oh, I hate them or I want to be them or like, uh. what about, that's really cool. And you know, one day that's in my path maybe, but I'm so proud of what I'm doing now. Like genuinely there are times where like, I'll see other creators maybe from other countries and, I literally won't dwell on that for long. I'll just be like, oh, that's really cool that they've been able to do that. But heck am I proud of myself? Look what I've done. And that's what I focus on more. And that's something that's really helped me. And, and, you know, let's say you went through an eating disorder a few years ago or whenever, and you had a really tough time, and your greatest achievement has been coming out of that. Why are you then suddenly, comparing your careers to someone else who potentially didn't go through a life experience like that do you know what i mean like we've all gone through different things and it's okay to be at different sections of your life so yeah i really hope i added some value to your day um i'm sending so much love i am now ready to go bake christmas cookies with my friend who is in my living room and drink hot chocolate and watch a christmas film and get an early night because tomorrow I'm going into central London. I have a meeting in the morning. I'm catching up with a friend in the day. And then I have my last Anna Run Club in England this year, Um, which doesn't really make sense. But basically I've got a run club. It's called Anna on the Run. And it's not a location based run club. It is wherever I'm at in the world. And I'll be holding my first one in London. It's gonna be the biggest event yet. It's gonna be held at the Regent Gymshark store. Um, we're gonna have an amazing time we're gonna go for a run around London through the park and then have a DJ after get free food take pictures of everyone like it's gonna be so much fun it's gonna be my biggest run club yet and the last one before I go to Australia in five days how crazy less than five days I'm literally going on Thursday and it's Sunday so realistically that's four days so yeah I'm so excited and then I am going to be continuing my run clubs in australia which will be fun i'm going to be doing it in gold coast and sydney potentially a few other spots but yeah everything will be updated on my instagram and Archer fitness i also have a personal instagram which is just anna archer and then obviously my podcast instagram inside anna's mind so i'm leaving you with lots and lots of love i hope you have a slay of a week and i will see you guys next tuesday